0: Shut <laughs> Cares, it doesn't give a shit. Oh, shit. Hi, welcome to Last Man Earth. My name is Lex Jurgen. As always, I'm flanked by Matt Ralston. Matt spent much of the past week eyeing Lena Dunham before weight loss nudes and wondering if, if he'll ever know love again. Now, is that just you with the Adele records on looking at the old <laughs> Lena Dunham fat pictures?
1: So the yeah, the, so the old fat picture is,
0: <clears throat> so she's not fat anymore? No, uh, she's not slender, I would not say, but she definitely lo- she lost a significant amount of weight. You can always tell on the face. Her face is much more slender, mm-hmm. and uh, she's also wearing clothes. Actually, she's wearing the same clothing she used to wear before. It's always revealing, only now you don't turn away with a stomach churn. <laughs> with a stomach churn, she, uh, you know, she lost weight, but I think you prefer the before, don't you? you like their ladies when they can't get off their backs?
1: I mean, you know, at a certain point, when you look at what you're working with, does it really matter?
0: <clears throat> you talking about her or you? Yeah. <laughs> this week's show is sponsored by all the people bitching about the Raiders' move to, from Oakland to Vegas. The next time someone tells you you have to stay in some shitty city and can't go to Vegas, see how you feel. People bitching about pro football team moves, you're forever like infants. I don't get that. I mean, would you put up with someone telling you, you couldn't move from Oakland to Vegas, That's like that's a no-brainer to me.
1: I was just in Oakland and uh, yes. not in the best of shape. No. They, they're not really taking care of the city too much.
0: No, if, someone move, if they move from, like, I don't know, even L.A. to Vegas, I'm like, why are you leaving L.A. You know to go to Vegas? I mean, Vegas is cool, but why are you leaving L.A.? But come on, you've got to be allowed to leave Oakland to go to Vegas. Yeah, I mean, well, just look at the tourism numbers, really. <laughs> yeah. I, also, by the way, the Raiders have moved, I don't know, this is their fourth move or fifth move. People get very—have you noticed people get very tied into their franchise, like, as if it's, like, their family? hmm And when they do something, either, you know, lose a lot of games, for sure, every season, or if they move, they take it super personally. Like, it, it's, like, almost like a betrayal by their brother. Yeah. And they're, like, ready for murder, just about for murder. <laughs> it's, like, a crazy—I mean, you know, it sucks when your franchise moves, but usually your franchise moves because they're in a shitty town and you're not supporting them. So, yeah. it's, like, the Packers will never leave Green Bay. And it's a tiny, it's a tiny little area, but they do really well for themselves. People did not go to the Oakland
1: games. I like this development of them going to Vegas because it, it almost seems like the Oliver Stone movie. Any given Sunday, <clears throat> you know, like they're going to be the Vegas Raiders. Like it doesn't seem real right now. And uh, there's clearly going to be a bunch of gambling scandals, um, you know, many many crimes committed, many drug offenses. He thinks
0: so? I wonder that people like, oh, this is really going to put, <laughs> this is really going to put a, t- a gambling taint on in the NFL, like. Hasn't there been a gambling tank in the NFL for the last 50 years? It was like the Raiders' Moon in Vegas really opened the floodgates for NFL betting. Like, now it's really going to ta- really become a thing. It's only was like $8 billion last year. Well,
1: it's just easier to get to the players. I mean, you see, when you watch games, you know, and you pay attention,
0: there's like really, really bad calls. Oh, you're calling rigging? You're calling rigging? Yeah. Like gambling rigging in there? Uh, it may be. I always wonder if, like... I always want to see a game where, like, one ref was paid by one side and the other ref was paid by the other (laughs) side, (laughs) and they're just overruling the hell out of each other. It's hard now with Instant Replay, I think, for them to get away with a lot of shit. Mm -hmm. They get called out on stuff. I don't know. The the whole gambling Vegas thing seems like a very 1970s thing. Like, that's going to really be corruption. It's 2017. I think the corruption found the NFL a long time ago. Also, by the way, whenever your team gets to play the Raiders, you get to go to Vegas. So yeah. there's that great excuse.
1: Well, and the players are going to be, I mean, you know how those guys like strip clubs, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think that really, I'm not sure they're going to cover the spread the first five games until <laughs> someone says, yo, you guys can't.
0: Think about if you're a Jaguars fan or you're a KC fan or anywhere, now you get to tell your wife you're going to Vegas to see the Raiders game. That's true. It's a huge great excuse for you. I, don't I mean, know.
1: the the bars, are they serve alcohol all
0: night. You can get whatever you want, hookers. I mean... I think the quality of play is going to be quite low in Vegas. I don't care. I'm still going to the game. It's great. And the, by the way, the sta- new stadium looks fantastic. You know, it's going to be just loaded with all. You can do keno, probably. There'll be keno at the, at the seats. You can do like taking yeah. like numbers. There'll be running numbers games like on the on the big screen. You know, they're going to have hot girl. You know, they have hot girls working the stands.
1: And they essentially won't have a, a home field because when the Eagles play, it's just going to be a bunch of fucking lunatic assholes from Philadelphia, right? Like
0: yes. Yes, correct, which is great. I can't wait. I actually can't. honestly can't wait to go. I haven't been to Oakland in in several years because it's Oakland. I'm I'm ready to go to Vegas. Oh, by the way, you can get there on Southwest for like $12. Yeah, I'm definitely going. If you wish to contact the show, hit us up on Twitter at Last Men Podcast or on Facebook, also at Last Men Podcast. I want to address a quick note uh, for those of you who wrote me wondering what happened to the show last week. uh, We were, in fact, shut down by the FCC. Uh, FCC is an acronym for Brian got hella stoned and forgot to push record on his player. <laughs> Brian, you have something you wish to say for yourself?
1: Dude, apparently in Logic Pro, if you hit save before you pause the recording, it'll save everything except the audio files. So it had like the region lengths, it had all the notes I took down the, you know, here's the thing, this Brian, is where you started talking ner- about anal and all that.
0: Techie nerd excuses have never, ever worked. <laughs> like in, like 20 years ago, people went like, oh, okay, like network guy walked in and said, here's what's wrong with your computer. And people just bought it no matter what he said. Yeah, yeah. Not anymore, dude. We all watch Microsoft commercials. We know what's going on. <laughs> Not going to happen. Brian, you're already, for, you're already forgiven. I will say it was our best show ever. <laughs> it, really oh, yeah, is for it was sure. pretty good. <laughs> and it was looking me like the Beatles. Re- you know, like they like 50 years later, still finding Beatles recordings. they <laughs> are like wondering, like, how can they not have found a Beatles recording after 50 years? Where was it? And all of a sudden, they have a new album of like unreleased Beatles <laughs> albums. So when, that's what's going to happen to this podcast, I believe. 50 years, it'll be available like on some sort of <laughs> digital digital outlet. Featuring Tupac. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with, hol- with holograms. All right, on to the show. Uh, Matt, you have some breaking news on the Kendall Jenner Pepsi ad. Uh, we all saw it. Uh, Actually, we were talking about this before the show. I don't know if it actually ran on television anywhere. It seems like it was one of those like pre-Super Bowl YouTube releases to kind of gauge interest in it. And by the way, this is the Kendall Jenner Pepsi commercial where she uh, breaks away from her sort of trashy, tardy modeling and gets caught up in a peace, world peace activist <laughs> protest march featuring... We Pals, uh, colors, of, United Colors of Benetton people marching in the streets for, for general peace, as they're apt to do. Uh, it was not received well. Matt, you have some breaking news on the Kendall Jenner Pepsi ad. Uh, yeah, they pulled the ad today. What? <clears throat> um, just over people bitching about it. They
1: were like, uh, they thought about what to do. And they're, they're probably like, why did people just notice this one thing that we did when we, like, do things every day that are... Yeah, you know, probably be either unethical or just sort of um, lame. But people really latched on to this one, and Pepsi was like, you know, we got rid of it, we made a mistake here, and we apologized to Kendall Jenner.
0: <clears throat> yeah, I love that they had to apologize to Kendall Jenner for being in their own commercial. Uh, for I mean, she still—I assume she still gets—no, uh, she still gets to keep the money. So I'm not sure exactly what the what the apology <laughs> was for, other than the fact the Kardashian family is so powerful in consumer brands that they just have to rotely apologize to them when, it, when anything happens it's not, that's not received well? It's really strange. They could have thrown in
1: something like, by the way, I think people are mostly pissed because you bother people, <laughs> and it wasn't so much the subject matter of the commercial, although that was just to some degree offensive, but... Anytime you see a Jenner now, isn't it kind of just like blood-curdling? You're just like, ah, oh, fuck.
0: Well, it's interesting. They don't. This is like, I don't recall ever seeing her in like in a national commercial, like a consumer commercial before. She does a shitload of stuff in magazine, print, and online. But I've never seen her like in a general audience TV commercial before. And I think you're right because I think more people don't like them than like them. They have a huge following. There's no doubt she has 10 million people who love the shit out of her. Mm-hmm. But she's got 100 million people that just hate the Kardashians. So you don't see her in this stuff, but this was a clearly millennial-targeted ad featuring the protest movements of 2016, 2017, yeah. just morphed into <laughs> some sort of, like, weird sort of multicultural PC pro-peace dance. Well,
1: because when you're looking at a normal... So say it was another actress, like, <clears throat> equally hot, but not known as a It'd Kardashian. Be like a, Victor-
0: a Victoria's Secret model or somebody, right? Or Kate really... Upton or Upton, Yeah, or something. Kate
1: Upton, like... You, you obviously know that Kate Upton doesn't believe in whatever she's endorsing, but with Kendall Jenner, you just you know for a fact like you can just see that she doesn't really know what's going on on set. Like she just put her phone down and walked out there. Like she she's completely devoid of um, exuding personality,
0: right? Yeah, or thought. I think I feel like she to me the the whole offense that they had to apologize to her for is she's like sort of like a trainable, like those like the retarded that you can teach yeah. certain, certain instructions to. So she's been trained to perform in public for commercials or endorsements. She can't be responsible for the content they put her in. And for some reason, they start the commercial off showing you exactly, reminding you exactly why you don't like her. Yeah. <laughs> she that she's a, a mindless, vacuous, uh, hot, skinny model who will do anything for money. And then, like, she converts to, like, this peace march. Like, why remind you that – if, if you just took the first 30 seconds away from that commercial – it actually is just stupid but not, like, offensive in any way. Yeah. It's just a dumb—like I said, it could be Kate Upton doing a peace march in New York City and, like, uniting the world. Because Coca-Cola, 40 years ago, did that we'd like to buy the world a Coke thing where they, people from around the world held hands and all drank Coke and got diabetes together, <laughs> right? I mean, that was the thing. They had the black guy and the Asian guy and the brown guy and the white guy holding hands, and that was 40 years ago. So these—you know, McDonald's does, the, McDonald's does the same thing. Coke—anyone who's selling shit that will kill everybody— Tends to make really pleasant, really pleasant upbeat commercials. Yeah, and it's always now you know it's always about how the world can unite around our, our food or our drink. Yeah, so th- it's always the the premise is almost <clears throat> uh, there's no connection to the actual
1: product, but no. it's just like we kind of are guilty, so we're just going to go like straight propaganda.
0: I don't. That's how you see it because you don't you you hate corporations. I see it more as they think they believe rightly or wrongly that millennials, young twenty something's. Have a very positive association with like protest marches and peace and anti-Trump, whatever it is, and that that's like a cool hip. That's like that's the cool hip thing of this generation. Yeah, is to go get involved in like an anti-something march, and therefore having Kendall Jenner do that and give the cop give the cop a Pepsi it would have been great if they shot everybody. The cops just shot everybody for <laughs> <laughs> just the black eyes. That would have been amazing. And by the way, why did the black eyes dance? In the, why were the black guys dancing in the video and the Asian guy playing the cello? Yeah, I
1: like, <laughs> that's interesting. I, I have a theory that maybe the uh, whatever fucking awful ad agency that came up with this, that maybe they thought she is black just because they fuck so many black guys.
0: Uh, I don't know about that. That's a stretch. Because it would have made more sense almost for... That might have come up in
1: the ideation meetings. Wouldn't it make more sense for a black woman to make peace with the cops? It would have made
0: more sense to have like Rihanna or somebody. Persian lady. Would have made sense. Or somebody who's actually... Like, even Rihanna would have made more sense only because she's accomplished in some professional pursuits. Yeah. So, you know, like, people don't hate... They don't like Rihanna. They call her slutty or whatever. But she's actually done well for herself in the music business. Say what you will about her. She's sold, like, 75 million album downloads or whatever. Uh, whereas Jenner hasn't done anything like like that whatsoever. The weird thing about it was, like, these agencies... We talked about this during the Super Bowl ads when they, Audi and, and all the places in the construction company did the wall video, music um, ad... They were all trying to, and Budweiser did the thing about be nice to immigrants, poor immigrants, commercials and stuff like that. It was just like, they are all done by, like, there's only, like, three ad agencies left in the country, and yeah. they're all on the West Coast or East Coast. They're all in New York or Portland or L.A. That's where every single ad agency is left. And I think the people that are creative in those agencies are all 20-somethings, living in, like, a Facebook, you know, Snapchat bubble. They're all of the same political mindset, same social mindset. They love this protest shit. They love the, like... The, you know, the you know revenge of the hippie kind of thing. And they think this stuff really connects with people. And they sell it to Pepsi, who outsources all their advertisement, and they really think it's going to be a hit. Because you wonder how like 30 people could work on a project like this, and not one person sticks their hands up and goes like, guys... FY, this is the fucking lamest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. We Wait, can't so run this. Are
1: you saying that the useless morons who work at these uh, agencies, <coughs> that they actually believe they're going to exact some like meaningful change with their commercials, or they just think it's a good way to they relate to the They think that's the zeitgeist.
0: Like for them and, uh, them and 100, their 100 closest friends... That has meaning. This has some social meaning to them. Yeah. And it connects with like, you know, here's what, ha- here's what I believe every marketing agency is these days. It's like 50-year-olds asking 25-year-olds what, what the 15-year-olds are believing, <laughs> right? And it's like, so they all turn to like the 25, you know, like recent, ki- recent kids out of college, who goes like, what's really connecting with kids these days? And they're like, oh, protest, protest, uh, what's it called? Not re- What are they saying? Resist, resistance, right? Mm-hmm. That's what connects with kids. So we get Kendall Jenner, who has a huge social audience, and we play in this resistance thing. And the old guys are looking around going, like, fuck, that sounds stupid, but whatever. <laughs> you yeah. even know what they're doing. And next thing you know, they spent, you know, millions of dollars on an advertisement that gets, like, you know. It's funny because it actually did exactly what I think they set it out to do. But, like, did no one like can see this and go, this is so fucking stupid.
1: That's why I think it it wasn't so much the concept because the concept made sense. I really just think that that it was the the Jenner and that she did a really poor job and she's an easy target too for good reason. Um
0: But yeah, I agree. If it was Rihanna, it probably would not have gotten so much. Well,
1: what if it was someone that's actually kind of like active in protest? Like, I still don't see why they would take Pepsi as their cause. Like yeah. that again, doesn't make any sense.
0: You are calling for an Amy Schumer, uh, Amy Schumer promo. Yeah. Like when they did the she did the Budweiser thing for equal pay, whatever. And then, again, at least it makes sense contextually. It Makes sense because that's what she speaks about in her in her, routine, in her comedy is, you know, is feminism. Yeah. But you're right. Kendall Jenner doesn't speak about... He, well, people. I could
1: see Kendall Jenner actually thinking that giving a cop a Pepsi would, like, solve some of the Black Lives Matter issues. Because, yes. like, I think she's like...
0: That's what, like, a retarded child would <laughs> think. Well, now, I want you to know that Pepsi made it very clear in their apology that Kendall had no say in the creative... Uh-huh. Just oh, like, I figured she wrote it, storyboarded yes, it, the whole did. thing, even DP'd it. <laughs> she did. She hired a repl- someone to come in and play her, like in the in the, <laughs> the mockups. Uh, I love. By the way, I love that thing when they have like the- pretend that the models are involved in their product lines, yeah. and they always have a shoot of video, them like t- looking over fabrics for like twenty minutes, right, right, and then they leave, and then all the, you know, people go like, "This is going to Indonesia. Fuck you! <laughs> like, you have no say. We're spending five hundred million dollars, and you have absolutely no say in this. You're a tool. Get out of here." Uh, Kendall Jenner does. She, it's hard to make her look good doing other th- anything other than being half naked on, on Instagram. Yeah, I think she's a, really she's really good at. By the way,
1: yeah, there's the reason that she does a lot of print ads and billboards and stuff. I I don't watch the Kardashian show, but I I can't imagine
0: she's a real standout talent on now, that series. She goes up to three words sometimes in some of her responses. <laughs> I'm really worried. Like, did Kim say that? Like, she's just. <laughs> But okay, but it's okay to be pretty and stupid. There's nothing wrong. And by the way, they didn't make her speak. In the, she didn't speak in this commercial, which is a smart move.
1: So Pepsi shot this thing in Thailand where they probably paid the extras $4 a day yes. without bathroom breaks.
0: Yes. So, and, I mean, all uh, the, the black guys dancing and the Asian guys playing cello and every other person living up to their racial stereotype. And they, the most PC commercial ever happened to be really super racist.
1: And they outsourced it. I mean, yes. they're, they're not paying Americans. Like whatever your politics are, I'm sure this doesn't align with what
0: they were going for. No, it's fucking Pepsi, dude. <laughs> they want to sell fucking sugar drinks to people and, and make them sick, and then not super sick. They die early, but so that they die young enough after they stop drinking Pepsi. I mean, they have a they have a plan. It's like the cigarette so companies. Are people
1: not getting any smarter? So like they hear a fucking. Rolling Stone song on the Burger King commercial, and they're like, "Oh yeah, I like that song." And then they just like autopilot to Burger King and and like eat a bunch of Burger King. Like, don't people know like that Pepsi's not good for you, and that it's it's not even a especially. I've always
0: wondered since I was a little kid. I've wondered that same question as a little kid. Like, who sees these commercials and goes out and buys this product? Yeah. Like I will be. Uh, it was funny. I worked for an ad agency uh, like uh, ten years ago on Taco Bell commercials, and with Taco Bell commercials, the only thing they care about is appealing to stoners literally and it is an impulse buy so if you notice if you ever watch a 30 second taco bell spot the 15 to 20 seconds of the spot is how cheap it is Mm -hmm. like how inexpensive it is because like the only thing is like it's a picture of melted cheese on some kind of tortilla and then it's like three for like 85 cents (laughs) now and actually people do like stoners just turn off the tv and run out and get taco bell that association makes sense to me. Yeah. But in terms of like this, like Kendall Jenner buying a Pepsi, or you've seen like a, an ad where they're raising the American flag and you go buy a Chevy or something like that. I've never, since I was a little kid, I always wondered, how could that possibly work? But I assume it is working because they keep doing it. It must just be
1: like, uh, oh, I trust that brand because I've seen it. It's familiar to me. You know, I mean, they're doing also with the Stone thing. You know what they're doing now, I have a theory, is they'll do like a, Two Whoppers for five bucks, right? And yes. they'll be like, so you and a friend, and I think this is for really fat people who want to, like, fantasize that they they're have... going to buy one for their friend. <laughs> right. But obviously 99% <laughs> of people doing this two-for-one thing are just eating two sandwiches. Yes. But you don't want to say that to them because
0: then they would realize how disgusting they are. <laughs> You're by, they're, they're eating their friend's Whopper? <laughs> yeah. That's, they should have, like, someone who works or sit-down with them, pretend to talk to them and stuff while they're eating them. <laughs> I always see the Applebee. I love the Applebee's commercial with like the two for twenty dollars. You get like entree, meal, appetizer, dessert, drink, something like that. Two for twenty dollars. Yeah, it's always like a deal with a hot girl on a date. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> it's never going to work. That's never going to work. No, no. Like those be- people would,
1: those people wouldn't even be eating there, and they wouldn't be cut. I always there. said if
0: you, if a girl has sex with you after the Olive Garden, you should marry that woman. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, that's the perfect girl. <laughs> All right, we're going off of cattle. Uh, by the way, I love you. Have to apologize. The Kardashians are such a media force now in consumer marketing that you have to apologize to them even when you don't owe them an apology. They're just like, it's like the Don. It's like the Godfather of whatever. You have to just apologize to them blatantly. That
1: like, was an interesting precedent that they apologized
0: to the to the actress. Yeah, never, I don't think ever happened before that I can possibly remember. But now, and by the way, it wasn't like there was something grossly offensive in the commercial. They didn't like digitally change her to be like bottomless or something like that. It was actually just her kind of looking at the parade and dancing and giving a cup of Pepsi. It wasn't anything overtly it was overtly inoffensive, which made it so offensive, was how much they tried to be inoffensive. But well,
1: she's probably sitting back like, you're goddamn right, you owe me an apology. Like, has no idea yes. how it's supposed to work.
0: No. And her mom's, like, cashing the check and, like, pushing it through the Cayman Island. Couch, <laughs> <something> like that. <laughs> I let me ask you. Uh, we talked about Lita Dunham in the opening and, and how you openly, I believe now it's, it's open back—you masturbate to the old <laughs> The old, uh, the old ones. There was a way, it was actually, here's an interesting thing. You and I both like edgy people, I think, and people who take risks and people who do like crazy shit for no reason. Counterculture stuff. And yet, I don't think either of us really approve of the fact that Lita Dunham decided that she was going to be fat and disgusting and naked on her show to prove a point. <laughs> like, that was like, if you think about it, that's one of the most... Risky and daring things an actress has ever done ever, mm-hmm. and we should applaud it. But it was so disgusting that we can't, we can't.
1: Well, there's a way to make it funny. I think it's just that it's under the guise of like comedy or something. Whereas I feel like she's taking herself really seriously, doing it like yes. like Rachel Dratch was a a pretty unattractive woman, but I thought she was hilarious because she was kind of like self deprecating yes. to a degree. Whereas Dunham is like the opposite. Like she she thinks everything she does is It's like a some kind of powerful statement or something.
0: I don't know. Weird. It was hard to say with her whether she intended that or that's just how she comes off, especially the guys. Yeah. But you never got the feeling that you were in on the joke. That it was like it seemed like it was more like her her point of being so ugly and disgusting and fat and naked on her show, was just to make you feel uncomfortable. Right. Not to like have you like be Chris Farley laugh at Chris Farley doing the Chippendales video, right? Which is, by the way, still one of my favorites. Like if Chris Farley,
1: (laughs) that was great. But if he actually, if it read that he thought he was coming off as sexy in that, it would have been really, really creepy.
0: I think she knows, I think she inherently, she's not dumb. I think she knows she's not sexy when she looks like that. Uh But I think she's trying to say is that men's opinion about sexy is wrong. And therefore, she's going to stick it to them by, you know, the show is mostly for women, let's face it. She's going to show how powerful she is by being unattractive. And yeah, because women, when they get naked on TV shows, Like the whole fucking machinery stops. They have to fix the lighting and the makeup, the angles. You know, they only agree to do it if their breasts look fantastic. I mean, there's a whole thing that goes on, which is why almost no American actors get naked in movies or TV. Uh, so her whole point was like, I'm gonna cha- I'm gonna force the world to see that this is how women really look, and we still feel sexy. But doesn't her sort of general opinion? Isn't it kind
1: of that, that all the standards are bullshit and like everyone's sexy, which doesn't make any sense because then.
0: What well, is- yes, I'm glad you mentioned that because that's a great segue. Your fandom of Lita Dunham, and <laughs> the fact that she actually lost, so she got this disease that I had to explain to you. Uh, you are not uh, really up on all the gynecological diseases. No, I do it, though. Yes, you should do. Pretty gross. You should get like a women's health book and just read through it a couple <laughs> times. <laughs> There's nothing worse than when guys talk about women's health, because clearly even the guy who no- thinks he knows about it has no clue whatsoever. I'm pretty sure yeah. even male OBGYNs don't know what they're talking about. they just kind of, kind of fake it. Because <laughs> like, they're like, probably in school, they're probably like, oh, that's gross, that's gross, that's gross. I'm not, I'm not reading that, I'm not reading that and a woman just comes to their office and just like whatever just this it looks fine to me. Yeah.
1: Uh-huh. I mean wouldn't a female gynecologist be so much better as a man by default just cuz they've been like fingering their vagina for several years?
0: Uh that's a that's a very crude way to put it, but <laughs> in the very least they, they have had their own female body parts and known other girls' female body parts like they grew up with and seen in showers and baths and whatever else and pillow fights. I don't
1: trust any male gynecologists. Now that, you know, women can easily be doctors, I got, I got no trust for that guy. How come you're not a foot doctor? You know? It's a
0: strange thing. However, you have no problem seeing female masseuses. So uh, that's interesting. <laughs> that's interesting how that works out. So Lena Dunham got this endometriosis, which is like an inflammation of her uterus, and she... On her, on her Lenny, are you still reading Lenny letter? Are you still signed up for that? You're paying member of that. <laughs> <laughs> she decided to document, of course, being the very open woman. She has document every single medical visit she had and all the outcomes of them with photos. Mm-hmm. Uh, women, by the way, women find other women's medical problems very empowering, whereas men really just don't want to give a shit about other people's medical problems. Until they're dead, then they might say yeah. they're sorry. Guys aren't
1: <laughs> posting, like, hemorrhoid photos and, and um, you no. know, asking for a, a pat on the back or anything.
0: No, but when your buddy dies, you're kind of like, oh, what happened? Right. <laughs> like, that's, just, that's the extent of how involved you are. Uh, so she got this endometriosis, and she was, like, a good 30, 40, 50. She's really short. I don't know how many pounds overweight she was, but I can't put it in, in like, five two perspective.
1: Probably, like, 35, yeah, 40. Yeah, she was
0: definitely, definitely chunky. And uh, so apparently, like... She decided her doctor told her to lose weight because her her weight being overweight was either hurting her endometriosis or just causing her more pain with cramps. So she got a healthy diet, went crazy on the yoga and lost, dropped like 30 or 40, like within four months. Mm -hmm. Because in the show, on the current show of girls, she's still the old heavy Lena Dunham that you've been looking at (laughs) and uh, uh, is tugging one out. Is that still crude? Are kids still saying that? Um, but, in, you know, currently in her, in her current live performances, she's this new slender Lena Dunham. Uh-huh. She still, unfortunately, looks like Lena Dunham. There's, there's always going to be that issue. <laughs> right. So uh, you can lose weight. It's just really hard to change the face. Uh, but here's the thing. So all her detractors came out. All these people, her fans, I mean her detractors, her fans came out and got, a number of them came out and got really angry that she lost weight and called her, literally called her a traitor for losing weight. Uh-huh. Uh, is there really no way Lena Dunham can possibly win? Cause, because people hated her when she was fat. And now people hate her that she lost a weight and she's healthier. Uh, And the second question is, should we care? Because we don't like her that much anyhow.
1: Yeah, I mean, she's kind of between a rock and a hard place here. And this isn't the 80s movie where you you kind of go from unattractive to hot, um, you know, removing the ponytail or (laughs) whatever. So I just I don't see it really happening with her, which is maybe why she uh, was never concerned with taking care of her body whatsoever, because... You know, it well, was her, like... her
0: commercial success clearly never resided on her looks. Right. Which so... is, liber- I guess, liberating in a way.
1: Well, and she can still find guys to fuck her. I mean, even if you're gross. Like, you can go to Barney's Beanery and some guy's going to fuck you. Uh,
0: well, but... it's funny you mentioned Barney's Beanery. Is that your hangout? <laughs> <laughs> I might uh, drop by occasionally. Well, yeah, no, it wouldn't. She has a she has a regular boyfriend. He's a musician, and I keep forgetting his name because I just I think I just inherently feel so sorry for him subconsciously. <laughs> like, keep forgetting his name, but he's a legitimate musician, like a legitimately semi successful musician, and uh, seems like a normal looking dude too. So, yeah, I think for every woman, there is at least one guy, no matter what But here's the thing: so for all these years, she talked about how, like, you know, she's in this body positive movement, which means like, however your body is today. That's you, woman. You know, Be proud of it. Be happy with it. But clearly, and also there's this conceit that goes along with it that I'm also really healthy, mm-hmm. which when you're 30 is probably okay, but when you're 50, you're going to be dead. So we talked about that with an obese woman that gave birth in England, and her doctor said she was A-OK and 100% healthy, which you and I clearly saw was not, was not the case. Right. And, yeah, I mean, yeah, your heart rate, maybe your blood pressure is fine at 28 when you're obese, but at 48 you're going to be underground. So the very thing
1: Dunham's sort of identity was hinging on, or the whole time she was claiming that you know, she was a, of a healthy weight. I don't know whether she was doing that, but certainly a lot of people were. Uh, turns out that uh, maybe it was detrimental to her health the whole time.
0: Yeah, it may not have caused the, the illness that she got, but it certainly made it worse. And then when the doctor explained her, like, look, you gotta lose weight, she lost the weight. And now she's healthy, and there's, you know, they will not admit that she was unhealthy before, but now she's healthier, and now people hate her for it. She's like a sellout. She's literally a sellout for losing weight and being healthy and follow, likely following her doctor's orders and, and treating her in medical condition by eating healthier and exercising. Uh, is this the beginning of the end, Matt? Have we reached the apocalypse? <laughs> like, and also, by the way, it's just so hard a case to measure because I just dislike her so much that I don't care that people are being hypocritical and hating her on both sides. It's kind of, kind of enjoy. Amusing. Who are
1: these loser women that are like, <laughs> yeah, I love Dunham because she's fat. It's not like, oh, man, I'm a huge Jim Carrey fan because we're both lanky. You know what I mean? Like, it makes no sense. It's, it's pathetic, really.
0: Well, you can't. I don't think you can compare that. Yes. I mean, think about who are the Dunham fans to begin with, though, and what they might. It's an, It's a sisterly association, right? Like women have to like ide- and guys. By the way, you know, sports guys do this too. They have to identify something about themselves that connects them to this athlete. Yeah. So like, oh, we're both from Chicago. Oh, you guys must know each other. You must be really tight. Like, you know, or like, oh yeah, he's also was. Uh, I played guard. I played guard in high school too, and he plays guard. So me and Steph Curry, we're like, we're like brothers. <laughs> like, yeah, that's true. I guess. There's <laughs> so some weird. There's some weird thing about, or like when guys change teams and they call them traitors and sellouts and all that kind of crap. That always happens too. Like, oh, I can't believe someone says, you know, LeBron's leaving Miami. Uh, how can he do this to us, my, my How can he do this to us, our Heat fans? Well, fuck you. Yeah, that's true. Because
1: <laughs> there's probably a ton of like Dunham fans that that identify with Dunham, but in reality are like much fatter. Oh yeah, and you know? also
0: believe uh, I also believe that for every stupid female like association like that, you can point to guys in sports and there's the same thing the same thing exists. Yeah, it's not that women are dumber than men. They just have a different way of associating with with stupid, stupid causes. Right. So, so this is the women's stupid cause, and so you know they identify with her. Just we talk about with, with Ashley Graham so many times when she is like, talks about she loves her cellulite, her TED talks, fake TED talks on how much she loves her cellulite. <laughs> what happens when she has? Some, and women applaud her like crazy. What happens when she has no cellulite? That's what she's selling. You know, it's a it's a it's like, you know, changing professions or changing political parties or something like that for these people.
1: Yeah. It's just so hard for Dunham. I mean, most people could kind of switch. Like, it'd be great if Dunham just went full Trump supporter, yes, like right. rogue, yes. like started uh, smoking cigarettes yeah. and went pro-choice, and, uh, fucking stupid pro-life. Male. It's I mean. Just
0: fucking stupid male models. <laughs> just like, yeah, whoring or, whoring around with like. Hot, dumb guys. That'd be awesome, but she couldn't pull it off. She no. can
1: really only do the entitled sort of, you know, Upper West Side casual feminist thing.
0: I think someone like Amy Schumer could pull that off. Yeah. I think Schumer could be much more like her uncle. I think he could be a much more a political player, like much more practical about changing her positions on everything. Yeah. And having a conver- having a conversion. Uh, I think Dunham is just too dyed in the wool. Like, she's just too... She's too immensely tied to that upper west side liberal feminist upbringing where it really is like it's like it'd be like a muslim becoming jewish or something like that just too massive of, it's just too massive of a change it's
1: too far removed. it's
0: like like catholics can become jews and jews become catholics because they're both like have the, the same guilt mentality some sort of strain but like you can't become it's becoming your enemy you can't become your enemy it's too much it's yeah like,
1: it's like how a, a puerto rican can play a mexican Yes, but uh, a Mexican can't play like uh, an Irish guy or something that kills you, doesn't it? <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, or a giant, like a New York sports fan becoming a Philly sports fan. It's just not—it's just not going to happen. All right, moving off from Linda Don, Matt. I'm going to send you some more photos of her. I'm collecting them in the archives so that they'll be uh, kept because uh, you know who knows? Like 50 years from now, people will remember like, oh, Linda, wasn't she that really skinny actress? I was <laughs> like, like, oh, whoa, whoa, wait a minute, National Enquirer of 2079. Here's some photos I have for you. <laughs> Matt, I want you to explain in the new segment this week. Uh, last week's segment wasn't recorded, but the segment segment before that week was recorded and did really poor. Tested very poorly. <laughs> uh, I yeah. really just go by my, what my mom says. Well, the first Seinfeld didn't do that well, you know, yeah. first season. No, that's true. It was. I mean, almost, it was. It pulled her. They only shot six episodes, right? Uh, they changed Kramer out. They changed a few characters out. You're right. People forget that. Uh, so here's what I want you to explain. So David Spade. Uh, who actually I forgot about the last 5 years. Before 5 years ago, he was always like the prototypical like ladies man of Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Like for no reason, he would just have like young models, he'd be out like at the Lakers game with young models and stuff like that. And he was he got he, before DiCaprio got bigger in this area, it was like David Spade was a guy you pointed to as like then 40 something guy who had was sleeping with girls half his age for no reason you could explain other than his name was David Spade. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and he's willing to put in the work. I mean,
0: he puts in the he's, a, he's he he puts in the work. He doesn't he doesn't he's not beating anybody, right? He probably takes them out for a good time. They go on trips and vacations.
1: Yeah, but he can like he can discuss like the Kardashians, you know, and be like, yeah, I saw that episode. Yes, y- you know, whereas. I don't know what I would say to a, an eighteen-year-old chick. He's not. At this point. He, you're right.
0: He has. He has his game, or a he has dumb a one. Like yeah. I
1: feel like DiCaprio. Like the thing about having the upper upper echelon models is they do kind of weed out the incredibly offensively dumb ones. And
0: Spade also has that has that look, both the look and the mentality of like a guy much younger than he is. He has yeah. that boyish. The whole persona of Spade is this boyish charm. Yeah. Right. So he's always. He started out as a twenty-something comic. You know, who was very looked like a twelve-year-old he still kind of has that very youthful appearance. He's
1: non—he's th- very non-threatening. And yes, plus, that's a good word you, for it. And plus, once you fuck the first waitress at the bar, the other ones are like, well, how is he fucking this tent? I got to see what's up with this guy's
0: dong, basically. Wow, really? Is that the way it works? Yeah. So they're talking about at Barney's Banery? they uh-huh. are going on trying to hit on Lena Dunham. Uh, so here's the segment. Matt explains why David Spade gets so much tail despite being short, largely untalented. And occasionally seen as an unfriendly person, <laughs> but clearly not an asshole. Uh, so he's dating, now seen dating Naya Rivera, who was a, a, the, Latin, the Latin chick representative on Glee for many years. Uh, I can't speak much to her. Look, she has a slamming, slamming body, as the kids say. Uh, she's got new big breasts. She got married, by the way, like two years ago for like a week to some guy. Hmm. Uh, she's gone around a few Hollywood guys before. But t- Matt, why don't you explain why David Spade in his 50s is pulling tail like he's pulling?
1: Well, you know there's a few factors like you said like he's very non-threatening but he's not like a a pussy because he plays like kind of an aggressive uh potentially dickish guy
0: you know his character is that he's kind of a prick because he's little like he'd stand up to you right <laughs> yes he's the little if you're a little comi- comic you have to play the prick right. <laughs> just, there's just way around it
1: so he's got the prick thing so there could almost be like a like a negging thing going on because i feel like I feel like he can maybe switch from nice guy to prick like he might he might throw a few jabs at you, like, like slice a little bit, mm-hmm. maybe maybe a few little lashes. But, you know, he doesn't mean them. But now you're still like, oh, man, I desperately
0: want this guy to like me. You know, are you speaking now in the role of a girl or yourself? Just let me know when you're switching characters. <laughs> Use a voice or something. Uh, well, it's true. Well, would you say it starts with his money by any chance? Um,
1: yeah, but there's a lot of rich guys out there. I mean, being familiar, being in movies. Yeah. I don't know that, like, 20-year-old chicks that he's going after watch a lot of those movies. But, you know, they Google and they're like, wow, very impressive IMDb page.
0: Well, when he, when he tells you, like, I'm going to pick you up and take you to Adam Sandler's party. Yeah. That works pretty well, right? That's a good pickup line. Well, he's really
1: familiar. You know, uh, he's got a reputation as fucking a lot of chicks, which, you know, chicks chicks like because they need to prove themselves to other chicks. Um, But, yeah, I think it's just a combination because he's not like a hard, like a straight up player guy in a leather no. jacket. That's no. kind of creepy when they're kind of flaunting it, you know. No, he
0: does not look like he's trying at all. He's got no. like scraggly face. He's got like the b- baseball cap on. He looks like he's like hom- semi-homeless. I
1: think he puts in a lot of work, you know. I think he does a lot of socializing, a lot of meeting chicks casually and kind of putting in you know, maybe a few dates to really get in the in the pants.
0: He's got the famous friends, too, and, and Sandler, Chris Rock, the other guys he hangs out with. That probably helps, too, like I think. But this is really, tur- this segment has been turned on its head by you, really coming out as a fanboy, a David Spade fanboy. <laughs> I mean, he must sorry. have,
1: like, you know how there's message boards for uh, all kinds of different things? Like, I guarantee there's, like, a Hollywood, like, Soho house chick, you know, I don't want to say gold digger, but a kind of chick that's attracted to... Rich guys, yeah. message board. And I'm thinking maybe David Spade can just, just fuck like a go
0: through it. like a banshee. What do you what do the women get out of this whole thing, by the way? I always, always wonder about he's not gonna marry them. I always wonder what they get out of this whole thing. I've always assumed that they thought there's a chance they could get him to marry them. Like DiCaprio they know he's not gonna the, the girls know he's not it's like six months he's not gonna get married to them. They get a big career bump, they get, you know, notoriety, they get to go to like world class these you know, high-end fashion galas that cost like a million bucks to get into. They're hanging with, the, hanging with A-listers. I can see all that. If you're, if you're an up-and-coming model, I could totally see that. I don't think they did get, they get the same thing out of David Spade, fucking David Spade.
1: well uh, Probably not as many perks, but they're probably like, look, I mean, I'm a hot chick. Everyone's always wanted to fuck me and been really nice to me, and he's got to marry someone the same way that guys will go up to chicks and be like, well, you know, I probably won't be able to fuck her, but I'm still going to try, you
0: know. What else am I doing? Yeah, I give up mostly. I give up mostly. we <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go ugly early, dude. You're just you're really selling this whole thing. I out. really
1: think it's just a. I mean, first of all, you know, being David Spade and having the money. But if you were just, like, a kind of well-off guy in his late 40s or however old Spade is that dressed cool and could hold a conversation on uh, current shows and pop culture, like, really knows a lot about pop culture, at that point, it's just a numbers game of putting in the hours, you know? And
0: it is a good va- – I think it is a good vantage point to work with the young ladies, especially of Hollywood, because they're all on shaky – they're all on shaky career grounds. Yeah. Like, they, I think they inherently know, especially when – I think his, the, the girlfriend just turned 29 or 30 – and she knows. I mean, it's been five years since Glee, and things I haven't picked up. Yeah. She knows she's not, like, booking the next big uh, Tom Cruise movie, right? Right. Probably. So she's looking at what comes next. I used to work with the the Playboy models, and they knew by 23, 24, you got to start looking at what comes next. Yeah. And what comes next is a dude. It was never, like, like, <laughs> like where do you go from doing Playboy videos and, like, being in magazines and going to party, parties in can and stuff like that? At some point, at, there's some age, and it's a young age, at which you no longer get invited to that shit. Yeah. And people aren't paying your bills. I mean, someone will pay your bills, but it can't be, like, just random dudes. you got to find the like, one guy to do that. Yeah. And they turn their attention to that. So I think that plays in his favor as well. Like you said, an older guy. very st- seems very stable, very ni- likable, probably owns a lot of real estate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but somehow the girls always go for guys who have strong, a- strong asset portfolios in real estate. Well, and
1: he's going to know that, you know, at a certain point, because 95% of these chicks are looking for a gig in entertainment, he's yes. going to say... Uh, She's going to say, hey, uh, I noticed they're uh, doing that new Sandler movie. Could you bring me in for that? And he's probably got a threshold of, you know, if that comes up in the first five to ten times, you're immediately kicked to the curb because they know exactly what you're after. But, you know, if you're the guy, too, you got to think about, so I'm going to make you the star of this Adam Sandler movie. So you make all this money and start fucking some guy that has more money than, and is younger than me, like no. why would I possibly
0: want to do that No, Stanley's already doing that, <laughs> <laughs> but yes, yeah, so I can see I can see the role of hot girl who walks by the car and grown up three or four, whatever it is <laughs> the pool the pool swimsuit li- the lifeguard or something like that. I could definitely see that you're right. I think it, it all makes sense to me now, Matt. you've explained it to me, <laughs> uh, and also made David Spade seem like a really cool guy in the process, so you guys should hang out sometime well. Uh, I mean I have a few stories. You're a foot, you're a foot taller than he is by the way. I,
1: I will say that I one time I have a few not well. One time I was at the Grove watching a movie and he came in and had them set up a uh, folding chair for him like to to watch the movie like I don't know how
0: like a high like a baby high chair?
1: No, no, no. Like there were the movie was sold out, yes. but someone like some usher came and like he came after everyone like right when the movie had started. As if yes. this was in any way necessary, by the yes. way. Like I think so no one would bother him. Yeah. And so he came in and watched the movie by himself in like a special chair. But That's, like who do you call for that?
0: I don't know. Anything anytime you do something that sounds like Howard Hughes might have done it, <laughs> you really <laughs> you really shouldn't be doing that. You I was just impressed that, not that that not that he did that, but that he could do that. Uh, well, yeah, I'm sure, at, at the Grove Theater, I think for 15 bucks, you can get that. <laughs> get that try chipping a try guy like five bucks or see what you get. <laughs> you get a lot of shit there. Yeah. All right, uh, David Spade, you came out of that segment much better than I actually thought you would. <laughs> Matt, let me ask you, uh, Rupert Sanders, who you've never heard of until I told you about five minutes ago, uh, you don't like anybody who's British, I don't think. And actually, I, don't, I honestly don't even know if he's British. But he has a really British name, so I'm going to assume... And he's bald, so yeah, I'm assuming he's British. I assumed British. he was British. Yeah, he, he's a director. He made uh, Snow White and the Huntsman, and he made the most recent uh, Ghost in the Shell, which, by the way, did not do very well, unfortunately. So he makes, like, bad
1: movies, basically.
0: He uh, makes big-budget he makes big, bu- he makes big budget movies, so I assume he gets paid very well, and the movies don't do so well, but they keep hiring him for the same reason they hire other bad, bad directors over and over again. It's like... They, Hollywood directors... There's definitely a few talented directors, but Hollywood director gigs for, like, blockbuster films... Seems to me like NFL coaching jobs. Right. Where it absolutely does not matter how you did your last job. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're going to get, Marty Morningwag is going to get hired, like, like, whatever, to like 17 different coaching positions, no matter what. Right. It's just these guys who keep getting jobs over and over again. I think
1: they just know who's molesting kids, who's raping,
0: who's you know fucking around on their wife. I think it's just such a, fr- a close fraternity that, like, you know, you literally see guys, their record in like the last seven years is like seven and 31. And they get hired. Like, who gets hired with a 731 record? It just doesn't doesn't make Man. any sense. Uh, there's no other industry where you could be like, oh, okay, I was the worst at what I did for seven years. They like, go, you're hired. <laughs> yeah, it's
1: like Michael Bay, universally considered terrible at what he does, uh, gets paid 50 million bucks per movie.
0: Yeah, well, now, a lot of times they make money, but I love it's Transformers, so I don't know if anyone else couldn't have made the money. But Ghost in the Shell is a little more risky of a project, as with Snow White and the Huntsman, so... Neither of them did very well, but I don't know if you can blame this guy on him. Snow White wasn't a horrible movie. We haven't seen Ghosts in the Shell. But here's the bigger point uh, Rupert Sanders was caught, uh, this is a few years back now. Uh, I swear I saw the photos and he was going down on Kristen Stewart in the back of a car in France. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> which is, a, if you think about it, if you're a married, he's a mar- he was married. She was not at the time. She was a uh, uh, heterosexual leaning at the time, mm-hmm. um, apparently. Although if he just went down on her, maybe she was a lesbian. I don't know. British dudes well, are kind of effeminate. Seems like she was kind of right. Like he's not a real masculine guy. But maybe she didn't
1: like the dick. Maybe she, she just didn't was like dick. Pushy about him going down on her.
0: Well, I think about it now. She dated that guy from Twilight before that for like four years. It's possible she never really had much dick. Uh, so uh, yeah, I'd assume not. She might have just been a. I, I might give her up. I might give her some credit that lesbian thing. Anyhow, so they were caught. So here's the thing: if you're like a celebrity, if you're a director getting caught, like a married director getting caught having fucking around with your, your star. You don't want to be going down on her. That's just like you just want to be you want to be caught in that fo- tabloid photo just banging the crap out of her. There's just no way there's no way I mean, guys go down on girls and that's great. But there's no way that's like the position. That's a photo you want kept.
1: No, <laughs> I, I mean, I always kind of felt like the going down
0: on her was not like the first thing you did. Right. Well, they, no, they were shot to them kissing and stuff like that. But I mean, there's no there's no humping pictures.
1: It's a weird move. I just can't really picture any guy going any any real guy going down on a chick. I mean, you know, I think everyone does it. It's just a weird thing to actually see happen.
0: It's not the it's not the photo you want your highlight reel. No, that's not what you want in the Hall of Fame. Your sex Hall of Fame. It's very compromised. <laughs> that's not what you want hanging on the wall, like you know, over the mantle of your sex sex Is like you going down on Kristen Stewart. You don't want
1: to be the guy that immediately goes for the. For the chow in the box.
0: Yeah, yeah, that seems wrong. Although it does point to the fact that she was probably the the, the more dominant individual in that in that situation. Yeah. Uh, so anyhow, here's the Rupert Sanders. He seems like a very unlikable, So his wife saw the photos. It was a big scandal. His wife, who was a, a anorexic model, uh, pretty hot, left him and married, by the way, Jimmy Iovine, um, who was thirty years older than she was, hmm. uh, because she fe- she said she felt very safe with him. Also, he's worth half a billion dollars. <laughs> I'd feel safe for the dude who was, like, about to die who was worth a million dollars, too. I'd feel it's real just, safe. Seems like a really, a really good bet. She said it was, it was love. Um, who cares? I'm not going to judge her. Her husband went down on fucking Kristen Stewart. <laughs> so here's the thing. So Rupert Sanders is finally speaking, this is four years later, he's finally speaking about the incident. And his take on it, he seems like a complete jackass, both because he's a director and British. You have to imagine that's a huge <laughs> jackass category. Yeah. Uh, is that uh, he said it was just a momentary lapse of reason. And he completely he has mostly completely forgotten that you know the whole the whole thing was for yeah you know, like you forget this. But his whole point was like, an artist, as he is, he's an artist, a craftsman, uh, needs these kinds of experiences in their life, these disruptive, out there, just go forward experiences uh, to be a true artist. This is what you need. And I was reading and thinking, like, okay, he's a huge prick, but also, isn't he kind of right? Does don't aren't the really great artists, not necessarily Rupert Sanders, aren't they ones who just fuck up everything in their personal lives and just do stupid things and take wild chances that have no chance of success and injure themselves with drugs and women and booze and gamble and do all sorts of stuff. Isn't that true of, like, musicians and filmmakers and anyone in the arts that has really actually been mostly good?
1: Uh, well, it's a self-serving story. I think having money and a lot of free time and just probably generally being a little unhinged to begin with to pursue a career. I mean, you think of, like, Richard Pryor would probably be the someone I would think of the most that kind of... You know, I mean, if he was working insurance, would he have been self-destructive? Probably not, but he also would never be able to hold down a job working insurance. So, yeah, I think it is inherently a, a type of person, or at least a lot of people have those characteristics. But I don't see why it would prohibit you from directing, like, a, a Snow White and the Seven Dwarves movie if you didn't fuck <laughs> around on your wife. Well,
0: Snow White and the Huntsman. Well, that's, that, That's the you know, obviously one of the, uh, you know, sort of conundrums of Hollywood is mostly people work in very mainstream you know, pablum type material, and then call themselves really avant-garde artists. And he probably does some, I'm sure he's done some more edgy shit outside of the big paychecks he's gotten, but these guys all see, they all see themselves as artists, as edgy artists. And I don't know if they like live, to me, I've never wondered if like they live this fucking lifestyle to like prove to other people that they're crazy artists, that they're carefree artists, or if it is, like you said, the people are drawn to this business because that's their nature. Yeah, but isn't aren't like Tom Hanks boring people just boring people on screen as well? Aren't really like think about most of your favorite musicians or most of your favorite people who create entertainment or art. Aren't they uh, mostly just fucked up people who've like fucked up their personal lives pretty badly?
1: Well, oftentimes. I mean, I I do think it gives you some cachet, but I just don't feel like how much it would apply to this particular guy.
0: <laughs> like so you know, you can't you say you can't compare going down on Chris Stewart like Jimi Hendrix like just doing fucking shitloads of drugs. No, you can't. Kurt Cobain just shooting up heroin and, like, not no. the same.
1: Not the same. Because those guys probably think I need this to, to write this. Song. Or I, I don't know what they're thinking, but I think it's like I know David Bowie was like that. Like, I think he actually wanted to get on heroin so he could write songs about kicking heroin mm-hmm. or the the trials and tribulations of being on heroin. I'm pretty sure that's true. Um, but this guy is no David Bowie, uh, you know. Like both, other, both British. Other than that, it makes me wonder. Like, I'm sure Artie Lang, for example, is not getting busted with coke and heroin so he can have a new bit, right? Like, no, no. one's intentionally sabotaging themselves for the sort of inspiration or the material. No, he gets what busted for
0: coke and heroin because he always has it on him, <laughs> and anytime the cops need an easy bust, just because they're bored, right. they just go over to his place and arrest him. It's just like there's a 99% chance it's going to be a boss, a clean bust. See,
1: this, it makes me hate this guy so much because what he was saying, if if it was, let's say, Artie Lang, I'm trying to think of someone who's like yeah. pretty troubled, then I would be like, uh, I might give it some credence, yeah. but this guy went down on a, a lesbian in a car, <laughs> yes. and he's directing kind of crappy,
0: kind of pussy-ass
1: movies. Yes. So... <laughs>
0: Well, I mean, everybody sees themselves as... Everyone for a while saw themselves as Quentin Tarantino, every director. There was a time before that, somebody else. They always, like, see themselves as these very, like, edgy, leading-edge directors or filmmakers or artists or musicians. Every band that comes along thinks they're, like, breaking the mold, right? And they have to, like... They all end up doing drugs and they're doing fucking crazy shit because they think they have to. Yeah. Uh, So, yes, he was doing those movies. But will you agree or disagree with my general premise that unstable people who do stupid shit generally make better artists uh,
1: it, I think it just it would depend on the art like directing a big budget movie is not so much in the realm of art as it is like a regular job almost like you're essentially just corralling people like then
0: Polanski have to have to butt fuck a 14 year old girl to really make not movies
1: see yeah i'm not buying that it's <laughs> see with him it's like if he was. I'd respect him if he just said, you know, I make these movies. I, I wanted to fuck Kristen Stewart. And uh, it's, it's my Nickelback theory, which is if Nickelback thinks that they're a good band, it means they're a horrible band. But if they know that they suck, it means they're kind of awesome because, the, you know, they're just playing people, basically, and, and they're aware of it. Um, this guy sounds delusional
0: as fuck. I, 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 have you ever met a director before? Yeah, I mean they're really obnoxious. They're really like, I and mean, they really do. It doesn't matter if they're doing like a you know Adam Sandler movie or they're doing like some French avant-garde film. They're both. They're all the same. They see themselves as as Picasso. It's just the way. It's just the way it is. I feel
1: like maybe that's why he's he's acting this way because if he's on set and some, you know he's like uh hey man you're doing this all wrong what the fuck are we paying for you know and then the guy's in the trailer like isn't that the guy that went down on kristen stewart like <laughs> you gotta be a dick being a dick is a huge part of being a director because you know what if you're a nice director no one's yes. gonna listen to you
0: yes that's also another i know another theory you have is why women don't direct because you think they have a tougher time being a dick on set
1: yeah I think there's more empathetic in general
0: yeah there' always a, there's always a story when like when, when Angelina Jolie works a movie or whatever how she really connects with the crew, and I said, "Dad, yeah it's not going to work <laughs> you've gotta fucking either yell at them or hit them, just hit them yeah. because these are all hardened chain chain, chain chain smoker angry people, and they're not responding to your connect, to your connection they, they're like animals you got to beat you got to beat them or you scream in their ear nothing's going nothing's going happen
1: yeah it' it sounds like an Aspergery guy like It'd be like, you know, everyone's had that friend that's like, uh, dude, check this out. A couple of weeks ago, we all went out. I got so wasted. Check this out. I drank almost a full bottle of wine. And you're like, Oh. So you just have, like, a way different understanding. Like, you just have poor social skills, and you think that would be impressive. Right. Like, I feel like this guy thinks he's a huge rebel because he licked Kristen Stewart's pussy in the back of a car. Uh,
0: you know, it's a thing. It's a thing you can put on your resume, I suppose. I mean, he's always he's always going to be associated with it. She's she's a big star and a lesbian, by the way. So you can compare him, by the way, to uh, other girls who've gone down on her. We're getting to that uh, Six Degrees of
1: Kevin Bacon thing with her vagina.
0: Yeah, uh, It is. <laughs> It's funny you mentioned bacon. Uh, it, is, uh, it is going on. But uh, you know what? Actually, in this segment, I've learned to actually accept uh, uh, Kristen Stewart's lesbianism as be- maybe being more real and all along yeah. because of the guys she's been with. I'm now thinking maybe that did sort of give a lot of uh, credence and sort of, uh, you know, indication that maybe she was lesbian all along based on the guys she was picking. And the yeah. fact that she picked this, like, squirrely director dude to go down on her. Does seem like a lesbian move? Well, is
1: Robert Pattinson like? Is he like a normal guy, or is he kind of a puss? He's
0: a, he's a puss. Okay, yeah. He brings his guitar and plays emo music on set. He's Ooh. he's a puss. I think he's straight, but he's a, he's a, as we've been speaking of last week, he's a beta. he's definitely beta. Gotcha. So these are beta males. <laughs> All right, Matt. Let me ask you. This email from Dwayne conveniently uh, is a comp- great compliment to me. So thank you, Dwayne, for this. Uh, why are you, the person in the media, brave enough to say that Pamela Anderson is fucking Julian Assange? I want to say I called, I think I knew before Assange that if Pamela Anderson was fucking Assange. Yeah. I knew this early on. The minute she brought him the first fucking vegan sandwich, the vegan picnic basket to the embassy, <laughs> I knew she was going there to have sex with him. And it's not an easy thing to say because he's not like a, a prototypical, outside of rape charges, he's not a prototypical ladies' man uh, that you would say. You don't think like, he doesn't look like a player. But he's infamous, though. He's, he's notorious. With the ladies? No, I mean, just in terms of, he's like. Oh, yeah, he's got a bad boy reputation. He's really the
1: first kind of celebrity that's just like a real life, like Bond guy.
0: Yeah, but he's like, he's also like kind of a, a weakly looking pale guy who lives in an embassy closet. So he's not exactly like, we uh, were talking about this. Uh, on the site this week about this Australian guy who's having, like, in his candy, ma- candy shop mansion who's having sex with four women a night. Yeah, yeah. Like, in his remote mansion. <laughs> he's not exactly that guy. He's more like a bookish... He's more like a bookish hideaway somewhere. You know, he's more like a, a John Nash, like, a beautiful mind kind of thing, like, locked in a library right on the walls. Yeah. I don't think Anderson... Picked, the fact that Pamela Anderson keeps writing poems about what a sexual beast he is, although she won't use those terms, but she keeps using terms she thinks nobody understands or about sex, is, like indication that uh she's clearly making this up mostly in her mind that yeah. how sexy he is because i don't recall uh julie assange is like i don't know 50 or whatever he is i don't recall anyone ever called him sexy before that has never really come up
1: There's yeah never,
0: he never lists like he never does make people like hot hottest guys things well, like the that.
1: subject matter he's engaged in he's like we're releasing these war crime documents one hundred
0: thirty-eight thousand. Like, like is that really what's on your mind right now i don't know. <laughs> Uh, so here's the thing. So I did, as Dwayne points out, I did call this uh, that she's fucking now. So she's apparently now seen him six times the last two months. The Ecuadorian embassy people are talking. They're scuttlebutting and saying that she's wearing coming over in increasingly, increasingly revealing outfits. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> wait, so he's allowed to have visitors, right? Yeah, you got as many visitors as possible. So could he just order, like,
1: prostitutes to the embassy?
0: Uh, Escort services? Well, he's he's got probably pa- got a lot of Bitcoin. He's got Pamela Anderson, I think. I guess you don't want to be too obvious. I mean... Here's the thing. If you're Assange, they're watching They're watching the front door, obviously. Someone's watching the front door. Yeah. So you can't have, like, if you have process coming over, that looks bad, I think, for WikiLeaks. I'm just
1: picturing, like, a, an escort chick, but he's like,
0: wear a Domino's pizza <laughs> uniform. Wear an Ecuadorian, <laughs> uh, native Ecuadorian dress. <laughs> come over. Say you're here for a trade meeting or something. Uh, he doesn't have a lot. So he really, he was like one of those guys who didn't have a lot of chances. And here's Pam Anderson, who just out of the blue, lives in Los Angeles, but comes to London all the time now to fuck him and bring him, like, bean pies, <laughs> <laughs> pita, pita, approved like, vegan food, uh, which he probably hates, by the way. Uh sure. But it's, it was just... This is, like, one of the oddest couples I can think of. I mean, I can't think of an odder pairing of two sort of famous people for totally different things that got together. It's just incredibly to bizarre,
1: because usually chicks don't operate that way. Like Like we were talking about with Spade, like, they want to meet the guy, know him, kind of feel out just, you know, through pheromones and make sure he's not insane. And this is what a rich guy does. Like Clooney might just be like, I want to fuck Kate Bosworth and get her on the phone. And then maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. But I've never heard of a woman just deciding she wants to fuck some guy and then actually putting in the resources and following through on doing it. And
0: actually putting on, like, a, a, a low-cut dress and a picnic basket and bringing him, going over to meet him in the Ecuadorian embassy. See, I think it's great for
1: Assange because, like, remember when the Celtics won the uh, championship and they asked, uh, is it Brian Scalabrini? They go, uh, do you feel weird getting this championship ring when you didn't play a minute in the finals? And he goes, no, because... You know, five years from now, no one's going to know that. They're just going to know that I won the championship. Right. So no one's really going to, ten years from now, realize that he was fucking, like, the kind of weird old Pamela Anderson. When oh, he you just... think it's going to be
0: a great, th- great mark on his Wikipedia page?
1: Yeah, in the future, when he just says, you know, I was fucking Pamela Anderson. You're like, well, yeah.
0: He's never, he's never, as far as I know, had any relationships with any famous women before. And she's never, as far as I know, not had relationships with other people that weren't rock and roll stars or, or actors. So this was, like, I, I always I honestly feel like she had a meeting. She so got, like, a few consultants together yeah. and said, look, I'm 50, I turned 50. She's turning 50. I'm turning 50. I can't really do this, like, rock and roll actor relationship next anymore. You know, she went back to Rick Solomon a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Just not, the door is just not knocking like it used to. The PR people don't want her with their clients anymore like they want it used to. She's not, she's not in that stage anymore of her life. So she got her team together, and she said, like, who can I fuck that is going to be, like, get me the same level of publicity? but is actually, like, will actually fuck me back. Right. <laughs> and they, like, they came up with, like, uh, I don't know, like, Brian Scalabrini. Uh, they, know they came up with, like, some weird random <laughs> names. And then, like, someone goes, like, what about Julian Assange? And she's like, who's that? <laughs> <laughs> and they explain, oh, he's the guy, like, the thing in the WikiLeaks and the, and, the, and the Trump thing and the Clinton thing, you know, emails. And, and she's like, he's famous, isn't he? And she's like, yeah. And she goes, where does he live? <laughs> oh, the Ecuadorian embassy. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, she goes, all right, someone make a picnic basket. If I, if I
1: don't think I'd be so cynical. I think that well, I she up. she likes bad boys, right? Or at least guys that dress really fucking stupid and that makes them a bit like how does I don't think I don't wear an eyeliner
0: makes you a bad boy necessarily, but apparently it did. Um well, Tommy Lee, I mean he's a drummer. I mean he's a drummer in a rock band, you know, and Kid Rock is like a Pretend bad. He's a. What what do they do that's really bad boy? They can't compete with fucking Assange. He's like wanted by half the world. Like people want to fucking kill him. I don't think that's too esoteric for Pam Anderson's taste. Like Kid Rockets drinks a bottle of Jack on stage and thinks about like banging women or whatever. He's an obvious bad boy. He may not be a bad boy in real life, but he's an obvious bad boy. Whereas Julius Assange, do you think someone explained to her like what the international rules of espionage were and why he's wanted, why he's in the embassy, why he left the. This country. Because and, and, she's like, here's what she's doing now. So she's going to Sweden. She keeps going to Sweden to like say really nice things about the Swedish people in hopes that they'll drop the rape charges against them. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, by the way, if you have a girlfriend who will do that, <laughs> forget coming to your embassy holdout and like having sex with you, that's great. But she'll actually return to a, a, another country around the world to try and clear you on your rape charges yeah. in, in absentia. That's a good woman.
1: I love it. And, and I think. Part of Assange's whole thing this entire time has been to get laid. Like, I think that's been a, a reputation point of his. Because you always think, like, oh, man, this guy wants to help the world out and, you know, lock up all these dictators and freedom. And Yeah, sort of. But He's still
0: a dude. He's still a guy.
1: He, he kind of probably got into this for the pussy. I mean, imagine those hacker chicks. Like, only seven people knew who he was, but they're like, oh, that's Jonas. You know, he probably fucked all Well,
0: of them. It's, I think, I don't, I mean, the reports are he has not made a lot of money right off this that he's not actually, like, a wealthy guy. He could have turned this into a money-making operation pretty easily. Yeah. But it seems like he's, is, he is an altruistic in a sense that he's not making millions of dollars off this thing. Like, they have, know. like, WikiLeaks has, like, two employees, and they're, like, running out of money. Yeah. And they live entirely off donations. And unless he's really hiding money somewhere, he seems to be dead, mostly dead broke, uh, which is interesting about him. But I don't know. I just love, like, of all the people Pam Anderson decides she's going to fuck next... This just is like the roulette wheel of, like, randomness. Like, it's the weirdest
1: couple of all time. <laughs>
0: really? And I don't think he even knew either. I think she just showed up, like, at the door, like, at the embassy. And they, like, Julian, they're knocking at his closet door, like, uh, Pamela Anderson's here to see you with a picnic basket. Well, that's <laughs> her the breast, thing, when you and her go, breast hanging out of her dress. It's not like
1: when you get a call or a direct Twitter message from Pamela Anderson like, hey, is it cool if I come visit you? Like, aren't you immediately just saying this is a, a scam?
0: Oh, a honeypot? Like a CIA honeypot? Something like that. Where they're just, like, <laughs> just going to like, how are we going to get him out? She's going to drug him and just drag him out one night? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would totally be scared of that, which is probably why I took six or seven times before he started fucking her. He was, just too, he was just too nervous. She also has a... Hepatitis I uh, know she's uh, Don't forget man She's on the mend From hepatitis She's cured of hepatitis And she only wishes The rest of the world Could be cured as well oh, I didn't know it was possible Remember she About a year ago She took She went on this She took this medication It cost like 40 grand Do you remember the story She took like uh, no. this Really high end medication it's, It was a, a test medication For hep, curing hepatitis C Or whatever she had But it cost Like the treatment Cost like 40 grand It's not covered by insurance So she paid for it It worked And then she went On Instagram And kind of bragged about it uh-huh. I said everyone Should try this <laughs> You know, I really hope everyone should try, try this. And then it turned out it was like 40 grand, like, you Uh-oh. know, at best. And then it was kind of like, okay, that kind of sucks. You're kind of rubbing it on people who can't afford 40 I grand.
1: I don't know if I'd trust those sandwiches. If you're talking vegan sandwiches. Imagine all the slicing oh. of tomatoes and cucumbers. And, like, if you watch Chopped or any kind of cooking show competition, people will cut themselves all the time and then they'll try and hide it from the producers and judges yes. and, like, act like they didn't. So, I now know that in restaurants when a guy cuts his finger off, he just continues making cornbread.
0: I assume there's I just assume there's there's blood and boogers in everything I'm eating. <laughs> just yeah. when I go out. It's a safe assumption. I have people like a, this restaurant's so clean or this restaurant's so dirty. I'm like, no, you're still getting fecal matter no matter what. <laughs> you ever see that study when they test by oh, they test those mints, you know, they give away at their cash register? Yeah, yeah. And like ninety seven percent of the time they contain urine. It just it's just they just get random, not randomly, because guys go to the bathroom to wash their hands, or women, and they come out and they grab the mints. Yeah. And they there's urine, like, in those things. It was like, nobody thinks You don't of, see them that much anymore,
1: though, don't no. they? You do see them sometimes. They're individually in, wrapped though. In Mexican restaurants, yes. they'll have the little tongs. Yes. As if someone couldn't have stuck that up their ass. Yeah. But, um, yeah, n- normally they're individually wrapped. Probably a direct result of those, those uh It always reminds me of the
0: story when I went to the Dodgers. I was in the Dodgers one time in the Dodgers VIP area, the whatever the eating area before the game, and uh, uh, Tommy Lasorda uh, was in there, and uh, it was they had the sneeze guard over the salad bar. But Tommy the puts just uses his hands to grab you know, shit, so just like just grabbing the lettuce with his hand, just like with his big paw. Like going, all right, thank God we got the sneeze guard. <laughs> Tommy, just came out of like John. He's he's grabbing the salad again. Wow. All right, we're, we're dropping. Uh, Dwayne, by the way, you're right. I, I deserve credit for that. I'll never get it. I feel like I almost I almost put them together. It was like a match match.com. How often you think of I Just you think it was just a random Tinder swap? Like, it just came up, they, like, he swapped her, she swapped him, and they just, it just matched. <laughs> it's possible. I mean, uh, I don't. she's still, from far away, she still looks good. When you get close up, it gets a little dicey. Well, maybe she might be, well, yeah, it gets dicey. She might be a lot smarter than we think, because, I mean,
1: no, he, he's not no. going to die in that embassy. Like, at, at some point, there's going to be a break, and he's going to become, like, if he gets out, this, this international celebrity. He's going to be on all the news shows, and he's already doing that to a degree, but it's kind of sad, because he's... Well, you think about
0: what, where these girls that we're talking about who are, like, dating David Spade, the ones that are, like, in their 20s or whatever that are thinking about next the next step. Well, now that, imagine that girl's 50. So she's had 25 years of experience in this game. So she's fairly savvy, at least. She might not be smart, but she's at least fairly savvy about, like, what do I do next? Yeah, and I think I just randomness of a song. It's just like a fucking wheel of fortune. Just <laughs> saw WikiLeaks guy pops up. It could have been like Putin. It could have been like you know, like a South American swimmer. It could have been any random person. And just she's just fucking cock on fucking Julius <laughs> Assange. <laughs> that great stuff. Matt let me ask you uh, I know that Easter is a big holiday for you uh, that's when your savior <laughs> rises from the ground and I'm again talking about the guy who sleeps on your couch uh, Manny is his name I think uh, so Easter it, so Britain is fucked up as the US is with political correctness it's good to know that we're not alone England actually is like I think surpassed us in terms of like political correct speech modified everything to make sure no one's feelings get hurt and because they have much more restrictive or less liberal freedom of speech laws They can really crack down on shit, like, really wholeheartedly. Mm -hmm. Like, in the U.S., we have, like, actors making commercials about shit and, like, appealing to your better nature. But in England, they can actually pass laws and just say, by the way, you can't say these words. Yeah. Or if you say something demeaning to so-and-so. Like, I've seen people interviews and, like, they can't actually say demeaning things about Muslims uh, because you actually get arrested. Mm Mm-hmm. Like just for saying like I don't like Muslims, you, can you get can't like
1: deny the Holocaust, for example. Well, in
0: Germany, you can't do that and you get arrested, which is a weird crime. Although they did kill like seven million people, so there's there's that. But in England, you can't actually dispar- you can't actually disparage like minority cultures or ra- you know you can't just say I don't like. I mean, I don't like Muslims. I don't like black. Can people, you I say like I don't, don't
1: like Catholics?
0: Uh, I don't know. I mean, there's probably some protected groups, but you can't say like. I don't like black people, right? Uh-huh. You, get, you can actually get arrested for that. Mm-hmm. So, which is weird for us in the U.S. to think about. I mean, it's obviously something you don't want to hear people say, but people do say it, and it's weird that you would actually go to jail for saying that. Um, yeah, I
1: mean, what if you're...
0: You get fined. They, they have a commission there that fines you, and it's like if you, say it on broadcast, te- if you say it on broadcast television or, like, over the airs. But even they control Twitter with the same thing, actually. You can get arrested and fined for you say on Twitter of the same manner. What about gypsies? Aren't there, like... Oh, you can say another you one about gypsies. No one likes gypsies. I was going to say, like, are there some groups you're not supposed to like? <laughs> they're always stealing your shit in train stations. <laughs> there's always two gypsies. By the way, when you see one gypsy kid, there's another gypsy kid stealing your wallet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they're, always, they're, always working, they're always working in tandem. Just pull up
1: outside your house and start littering. <laughs> yes. and you're like, I think they actually are protected, though. Uh,
0: you can rip on them. But the, here's, the, here's what the British are scared. The British are really scared of the Muslims. And, I, again, I don't know if they're, like especially in London, where the population is like thirteen, risen to 13% Muslim and rising, by the way, since Brits are not having sex with one another. But they are importing a, a hell of a number of Muslims who are having lots of sex and creating babies. This is, we talked about this with Israel, I think, and Palestine before. This is just a numbers game. At some point, the, the race or ethnic culture that's breeding like crazy is just going to take over from the people who are not having sex and having lots of abortions.
1: Do hardcore Muslims, when they get married... Do they start having a lot of sex, or is it like only, only still for proc- only for procreation? Okay. No,
0: but only for they do it through the, sh- the sheet, right? They use like a sheet. I thought that was a Hasidic I think it's thing. the same. I think it's the same rule, though. They're not, I don't think they're allowed to touch the woman's body. I don't think their wife. They're, they're not allowed. To, I know they're not allowed to dance with their wife. So they're I, they're do They're really abiding by these rules. Well, if they're strict, I mean, some, this, of, them. some of them. If you're if you're strict, Muslim, mean, a lot of these people are, are coming over immigrant uh, migrating are. Uh, but they do have there is and there is having as many babies as possible, obviously, and they are having and they don't believe in contraception or abortion, so you know they're ha- just like Catholics old in the old days. Catholics in the yeah. old days before they found out about birth control, <laughs> and places like Italy have negative population rates. Yeah. Uh, they're having lots of kids. They're going to take over. So, so Cadbury and something called the National Trust in, in England, which is like. Uh, commissioned to take uh, take on historic properties and uh, upkeep as historic properties. I think it's just old British rock stars mm-hmm. mostly. Uh, they have the annual Easter egg hunt. but has been the big thing every year. The annual Easter egg hunt. And I, I don't know about you, Matt, but I love a good Easter egg hunt. <laughs> there's just there's something about shoving little kids out of the way to get that fucking egg. I like it too. <laughs> yes. It's a fun thing. Harms no one. Barreling into small children <laughs> just to get that egg. Oh, uh, yeah. Mister, the mister, The games of Misdirection. Oh, I think I saw all the eggs over there. Yeah, yeah. If I could four-year-old believe anything, right? Aren't
1: they doing, like, high-end ones now where, like, uh, they'll put, like, $100,000 in one of those eggs or something? Uh,
0: those are probably the ones you attend. I still just get chocolate bunnies. I get chocolate <laughs> bunnies if I win. And I think for most people, certainly in the Western world, uh, you know, the Easter egg hunt is not seen as a religious a religious rite, a passage, or a religious ceremony it's pretty non denominational it's yeah. called Easter, like no one goes no one really goes to the store and sees Easter candy and goes like, Oh my God, Safeway, what are you doing? You're promoting Jesus. This <laughs> is
1: the day when Jesus uh came back from the dead. is that right
0: resurrected yes, yeah. Good Friday he was uh I believe was uh, killed, and then on Sunday he came back so then
1: we're like, we gotta have some chocolate."
0: Rabbit. We have some chocolate, but we have some stuff. Well, it's about akin to Christmas. We have to give. Uh, he was born that day, so we have to give each other uh, segas. <laughs> it's just the way it goes. But these are, I think, these are long ago, no longer seen as generally religious holidays. They've just become staples of sort of secular life yeah. in the West. To some people, you know, some people, a lot of people go to church on Sunday and on Easter Sunday, but whatever. So England is now dropping uh, Cadbury sponsors this thing, and they're dropping the word Easter from the Easter egg hunt. It's not going to be called, this is like their big one in London they hold every year. It's not going to be called the Great British Egg Hunt. Okay. <laughs> which which I, don't, I can't imagine looking at, like, on a, on a promo and going, yes, I'm going to the Big I'd be to big like, well, like when
1: does that take place? When and it, it had Easter in it, it was so much more well, evident. Well, at least
0: when it was Easter and you're thinking, like, I'll take the kids, something to do on a Sunday.
1: Yeah, now I'm like, why would I look for eggs? That, that makes no sense. That doesn't
0: make any sense whatsoever. And so uh, Cadbury, so the National Trust is blaming Cadbury because they said they have control over all the language of the marketing materials because Cadbury's putting up the money for it. And Cadbury said, we want people of all faiths and even no faith to enjoy our chocolate, which is like, where do people come up with this shit? Like, it's like... Like, how does that, like, I know they you're like, and by, by the way, aren't the Muslim people just going like, just fucking leave it alone, stop using, stop. Yes, I know a guy who's a fundamentalist who probably doesn't like the word Easter in the Easter egg hunt, but, like, 99% of us just want to eat the fucking candy too. Yeah, like, I would imagine
1: that it's pretty much, like you said, non-denominational at the moment. I don't I don't think any hardcore Christians are like, get this fucking Muslim guy away from my Easter eggs. No, so. I,
0: think, I think this is, like, cor- this is corporation intuiting the fact that it would be offensive to Muslims to have an event where we, we use the word Easter because it's Christian in it. And I don't think they even think it's going to hurt their their chocolate sales because like people of any religion are not going to buy Cadbury chocolate because they have an Easter egg hunt. There's no proof of that. And by the way, there have been like Jews and Buddhists and other religions living in England for centuries. Yeah. It's always been the Easter egg hunt and no one would give a shit. People just want their fucking candy, right? Well, yeah, I, no. think, I, think it's mostly, I think these things are mostly corporations intuiting themselves like this could be offensive, we must stop it. Or maybe there's one guy on the internet who makes a comment about it, and like a religious cleric, you know, and they go, they overreact, way overreact. Taking the word Easter out of the Easter egg hunt seems to me like a massive overreaction, yeah. to a problem that doesn't exist.
1: Yeah, because you're assuming, first of all, that, that Muslims have a huge problem with with like Christianity in general, which uh, probably might a, a very small minority do, but that's already kind of condescending and racist. But then it's like, well, so what if I'm like some hardcore fucking Mormon? Am I going to be like, oh, you got to take Ramadan out of the Ramadan ceremony because I, I don't agree with Ramadan. And then like, so what? Now we're just all fucking like communists, basically.
0: I, there's so much. cow. People do are just as a general. No, people don't know. that Like uh, the Muslim population in England is about six times what it is in the U.S. per capita. Mm-hmm. And it's growing much faster in, in Western Europe and England, although after Brexit, I don't know. But because of the population rate increases in those cultures as well, London is now 13% Muslim, and it's projected to be, like, 30% in, like, 25 to 30 years. Mm-hmm. It's growing really fast. So I don't, But I don't know if they're, like, Cadbury chocolate, which I assume just used to, kill, used to use slave labor and kill lots of people. <laughs> <laughs> is is they seem like crusading types. I don't know if they're actually trying to appease the Muslim. If they're trying to appease the Muslims, because they're scared they're going to blow up the Cadbury factories, right? Or they're just like so fucking PC in all these corporate boardrooms, and mar- it's really the marketing departments of these places that they just like invent these problems to fix them before they're even pro- before the yeah, th- problem.
1: Yeah, th- I think it's because, like I said, if some Muslim dude uh, wrote this letter and was like, uh, you know, you got to take the Easter part out, wouldn't you be like? Well, this guy's a fucking piece of shit, you know? Yes. Like, why would we listen to this asshole?
0: Well, but if he was an influential, uh, you know, cleric Sorry. or something like that, and he's going to, like, I'm going to boycott, have a boycott, whatever. I, th- I just think they're so fucking scared. I mean, even if you looked after the last uh, uh, attack, the terrorist attack in London, they just refuse, refuse to say it's, like, a crazy Muslim dude. They just refuse to say that. Right, right, right. And it may be somewhat irrelevant to the fact that he was a crazy Muslim guy, but there aren't really crazy Christians ramming through, like, with their cars in Buckingham Palace. They do other crazy Christian shit, but they're not doing that in particular, because they don't. You know that's not in their in their crazy magazine newsletter to do. They do other <laughs> other stuff, but they just won't say. They just won't say it, and it's because there's like this fear. And it's like always wondering me how like this is a weird situation we live in, where like a minority group has so much influence over the majority, right. That the people in power, you've never really seen this throughout history. The people in power actually kowtow to the minority group. That's never been... I mean, you know, Sharpton and Jesse Jackson used to run the Rainbow Coalition boycotts and shit like that, and they do, you know, as a small number of people, they would cause semi-big disruptions, but nothing substantial. There was just always some... They got paid off, and did some, you know, Black History Month homage to them, and then they went away. Right. This is really like a whole society, like a majority group of the society kowtowing to a minority group of society
1: yeah it is sort of like voluntarily relinquishing like your culture which say what you will about it is you know white people have culture too and 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 i just i just don't see how i just really don't think if a if a christian said we want to all participate in uh this fucking camel race but we can't call it the ramadan camel race (laughs) that everyone would be like well you're you're just a huge fucking racist yes um, so, but why should it work the other way around if one dude says we got to take... Because I don't think anyone said it, like you said, but if you no, think about say, it... Nobody would say it. Why, no, the, Yeah, why would you give all the, all the power to a group that necessarily doesn't even really want
0: it? This is one of those rare instances when people like people like to say, this is why people voted for Trump. <laughs> and I never really understand what it means. But this is like one of those rare instances where I can see, like, if you've been going to the damn Easter egg hunt for 50 years with your family, it's been a big family tradition, and all of a sudden it's there's no, there's no longer called Easter. It's called the Great British Egg Hunt. And you and you learn why. This is what I go like. Yeah, I'm running Trump. <laughs> just like, right. I can see this being like one of those things where like it's not even like it's not like they're like oh g- gays are allowed to be married now and that bothers me because any any sort of you know uh, rational like you know per- advanced person, thinking person would go like okay you know whatever I don't care it's fine for the gays to be married. Mm-hmm. But taking Easter out of Easter the Easter <laughs> out of Easter eggs is so fucking stupid and inane and <laughs> it doesn't you know it's not like you know, the, the anti-gay laws were making gays unhappy. The Easter word, Easter, and Easter, kind of was making nobody happy, and now they're just doing it anyhow, just to fuck with me. Yeah, that's when I vote Trump.
1: And when you start with this, by the way, when you're like take Easter out, then someone's going to be like, "Yeah, but it still symbolizes the resurrection." So we just can't do it anymore. Yes. and now we have one less fun thing we can do.
0: Yes, and now the kid, I can't barrel into those kids. <laughs> we got to no, stop we're... apologizing. You know. By the way, here's a here's a plan I've learned as I've older. Don't barrel into the kids or like mess up with the egg hunt. Just wait till they collect all the eggs and just, just steal their basket. <laughs> <laughs> just so, just too easy. <laughs> all right, our final segment today, panties on a bunch, Matt. Let me tell you what has my uh, panties in a bunch. I think, by the way, I used to wear this. I wear the same size as used to be Lena Dunham. Oh, <laughs> yes. Although we can no longer share underpants, so that's <laughs> she wore boy shorts. She always was proud of the fact she wore boy shorts too. So uh, we, we could swap if we wanted to. Now she's lost weight. I can't share underwear with her anymore. It's really <laughs> kind of a sad thing. Uh, so uh, I know you saw this video because I made you watch it. Uh, celebrity women last week on Funny or Die. By the way, I feel like if your name is Funny or Die, uh, do you know that Judd Ap- Apatow is part of Funny or Die? Yeah. I didn't know that. That but kind of helps explain a few, a few things they have going on. Uh, they don't venture into stri- – obviously, they're anti-Trump, they're anti-whatever, like every entertainment outlet is. That's given. They don't venture into strictly political things that often, but for women's healthcare it seems to be one of the things that over the last like 6 years they've delved into in terms of creating videos. Uh, I don't know why they chose that like abortion rights and women's healthcare, but they did. It's kind of an avenue to get a few pussy jokes in. I yeah, think. but the but the videos are never I mean, you and I have talked about this before. it seems to be so hard to merge like partisan politics. To merge ab- abortion rights and comedy is really hard. It's just super yeah. hard, and like it always comes off as angry. It always, it like, Sarah, we talk about Sarah Silverman being a uniter in her, her new show or whatever. There's no way to like if you really believe that strongly in abortion rights, for or against. There's no way to be funny. There's no way to be funny about it. You know, there are funny abortion jokes, but they're only funny to people who don't feel that strongly about the issue. Like the 60 percent in the middle, the 20 percent on each side just don't find that shit funny.
1: Right. Or, or they just uh, agree with it. They're like, yeah, that's. But it's not, it's not necessarily funny, but they're like, yeah, this is great, but they don't really mean it, you know?
0: No. So when Funny or Die or any of these outlets try to create funny, amusing, viral videos on, like, partisan political issues, or whether it be the anti-Trump—like, remember all, all the stuff when they got together, like, to do those videos not to vote for Trump before the election, which just made people want to vote for Trump? <laughs> you know, he's going to take away our thing. I'm, going to be, I'm a gay actor. I'm going to be killed. Uh, there was all that shit that went on, and it was so over-the-top and so ludicrous— And Martin Sheen seemed to be in all of them for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. Then he did a thing where afterwards, like after the election was over, they did a thing where like, we can change the electoral count. There's still time to get to South Dakota. And it's like they they would not give up. And there was always like in a a little studio they were filming. It was was a little kind of antiseptic. And there's always those celebrities you have to look up because you don't know who they are. They're on, like, a CW TV show. Right. They run out of people. They're like,
1: we've only got two days left to totally slay this election. <laughs> yes. Thing of some bits.
0: He was on the Vampire Diaries. <laughs> uh, so this celebrity, so Funny or did a video, and it clearly is about the Planned Parenthood, the defunding of Planned Parenthood, which, to this day, I still think is the big... I mean, when women talk about why they hate Trump and the Trump administration, the abortion rights issue is the only thing I can possibly see where he's done something that's going to affect women dramatically different than Hillary Clinton would have done. Mm-hmm. Uh, because clearly she would have been pro. She would not have cut off federal funding for Planned Parenthood, where he, he's at least allowing Congress to do that. He doesn't seem to give a shit. Although, as we've talked before, I'm certain he's paid for at least 13 abortions <laughs> in his career. And up to two years ago, he was probably a, pro, a pro-choice a Democrat. Uh, but they're, they're, so they created this video funny with Rebecca Romaine. These other t- other T V attractive T V ladies and Black China for, some, for Black China for some reason snuck in there. <laughs> the one that doesn't really fit in <laughs> no. with the other ones. And they made this funnier die video, which I guess in the premise maybe you think it's kinda funny. But the whole premise was like, we're hot women, you want to play with our tits and our vaginas, and therefore you have to pay for our medical our health our women's health care for our female parts. Yeah. I'm here to remind you that while you may be super familiar with the outside of my body, my body also has an inside, including a pretty
1: hefty amount of reproductive organs. And in order to keep those reproductive organs fully functioning, they need some motherfucking health care.
0: And that probably, I mean, that was like, the idea that hot women would hold up speculums like these OBGYN devices and talk about yeast infections. I can see, like, maybe at two in the morning when you're really drunk being funny. But like... Again, just like politics is a really... Partisan politics is a really tough issue to do funny. Women's gynecological issue is also a really tough area to mine for humor.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, in ter- other than guys being gross about it. Uh, <laughs> but here's the pros, man. You're supposed to pay... The idea is if you're fucking a woman or you're playing with her breasts, if you're playing with her breasts, you owe her a mammogram. If you're fucking her, you are pap smear, so you have to pay for Black China. Black China wanted you to pay for her pap smear. Well, they got
1: to like send that thing out to <laughs> fucking China, where they had different
0: technology or something. <laughs> Black China's pap smear. I mean, that's got to be. It's a, like the it's like the petri dish in the, the movie Life that just came out, <laughs> where it just starts growing to some some weird shit and starts killing Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> like it's evolving. It's some weird fucking thing. Everybody just shoot it out into space. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's like, it's it's that is not, to me, that seems like the most faulty premise I've ever heard of. The premise of, is, is stupid. It'd be like, the next time a chick blows me, I'm like, you have to pay
1: for me to go to a urologist and get an exam or something?
0: Uh, yeah, that's not going to work. The idea is that she's a hot woman, so you'll pay her. Oh, so it's like entitlement. It's like pure entitlement. Well, it, I think there's always been this weird thing, this like he for she thing, like lean, the lean in, the whole lean in thing. Where guys, where they're trying, like feminists are trying to appeal to guys just to be upstanding guys and gentlemen. Like the whole idea was like, guys don't don't respond to feminists, uh, you know, feminists yelling at them to like not be rapists, to not be all the things guys are naturally, mm-hmm. and so the whole idea was like to appeal to their, their their Sir Walter Raleigh gentlemanly side and like masculine the masculine guy who takes care of the woman thing, and then they would then appeal to men to be the kind of man that takes care of women, like the you know traditionally they always did. Uh, that also, by the way, does not work, but at least it's, at least no one's yelling. So the idea is like. If you're going to have sex with women, you should vote in favor of women's health care. But as far as I know, the only thing that's changed is just Planned Parenthood funding. And they always seem to mask it as, like, defunding federal funding of Planned Parenthood means women will no longer get their basic gynecological services. Mm -hmm. Whereas we know it's almost entirely an abortion question. And they won't say that because that's even less funny than the video is now. (laughs) but, But I would actually, like, hot women for abortion would actually be a more interesting video to watch. Like, you know, I mean, just like even when Scarlett Johansson came out and said she had, like, two abortions. Really? At least, uh, yeah, at the, at the National Mall when she gave her speech. Oh, that's uh, kind of she went down a couple of notches in my book. Really? I mean, just, well, in I, terms of attractiveness. Oh, way, way up in mine. I just thought she was kind of prude. <laughs> uh, but that was like, I listened. I listened to that part. It was interesting. Uh, but listening to Black China talk about how you should pay for to, to keep her, yeast, her, her vagina from getting yeasty. I don't know, man. That's just like that's like a rough, a rough go. I mean, them. I'm sure
1: Black China has had multiple f- abortions that she didn't pay for, and you know, frankly, I think it's good that she's getting rid of these children who would end up to be failed rappers, fucking you know, breaking into your car. Yeah,
0: she's, she's allowed the ones uh, that were made by relatively wealthy guys to live. <laughs> it's a real. It's really a sort of a, a dystopian future that you read about in these young adult novels. We're like only people with money will be allowed to have babies. Yeah, she's kind of done that on her own. Like she checked the ten forties, the ten forties on the guys who got her pregnant, and if they're not into the seven figures, like she just aborts. She just aborts them.
1: So we should be paying for her abortions, probably. But aren't you supposed to not say that? Yeah. Aren't, aren't you supposed to pretend that you're not having a bunch of abortions?
0: Yes. And aren't women, by the way, supposed to be equal to men? That, whereby asking men to pay for their health care because they're having sex seems extremely sexist.
1: It's very sexist, and it's, it's also insinuating that women don't enjoy sex and that they're not responsible enough to keep
0: from getting pregnant, which is a really easy thing to do. Well, they're, they're basically analogizing themselves to, like, a car or a dog or, like, something, a possession a man has that he must take care of exactly. if he wants to keep. It's almost the same thing. Like, you must you gotta got to go to Amco to get your transmission fixed because you owe it to your car, because you love your car. I would like that. I would watch that commercial. And go, yeah, I love my car. I'll take it to Amco. I <laughs> like that much. Black China going like, hey, you might fuck me one day. You better pay for my. You better pay for my clitoris, whatever. Yeah, like, it's ah.
1: frightening. It's like, oh, so if I go around town fucking women, am, am I paying like on a per capita basis? Like now, half my paycheck is going to Planned Parenthood just because. Like
0: you would get like a. The Department of Health Services bill. <laughs> like, how many times you did and like, here's, here's what you owe in pap smears. It's like, completely asinine. And I don't know if they're serious about it or not. I think they're desperately trying to find for f- amusing viral ways to get, th- to get this political message out. And like I said, I just think it's impossible. I think, I think, honestly, as much as they hate the angry women screaming with the vaginas on their heads, I think that it, it is more effective than these stupid videos. I know they think thinking the opposite. That they this, it is somewhat distasteful to have all the vagina head ladies running around screaming. Right. And that turns off every guy. But I honestly think that is a, still a more, relatively speaking, successful way of doing this. And Re- Rebecca Romaine and all these uh, mo- you know TV act- wealthy TV actors talking about how you owe us money for, for playing with our tits. Yeah. Uh, it didn't make sense. Because look at this. either it's a group of women doing this, and there's no reason why you would logically pay for a group of women's sexual treatments when you're not having sex with them. Or it's actually the woman you're having sex with, and you would break up with her if she give you a bill. <laughs> if she gave give you a bill for... I mean, yeah, you might, you're going to pay for your wife or girlfriend's health care, if need be, because you're a nice guy. But if she's billing you directly, like, just for the pussy exams <laughs> after you've had sex... Yeah. No woman would do that because it's, it's, it makes you a whore. That's just, a prost- that's just prostitution. And wouldn't it insinuate... I mean, women
1: pay around 50% of all the taxes, right? Uh, I did, I, I and 40% of them who voted, voted perhaps, you know, on the on the pro-life, you know, they voted for Trump, whatever that means. Yes. So, w- I, we're really just narrowing it down to, to guys and, and discriminating, right?
0: Yes. Yeah. Just yes, guys. That's it. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I, guys don't pay for enough shit already? And then it got, here's what kills me. Funny or not, I got 77%, I got a 77% funny. It's clearly not funny. So, I was just like... Just take it out. Just stop with the the Amy with Amy Schumer, Sarah Silverman, all these people, Judd Apatow. They have not figured out how to make funny, funny anti-Trump shit yet. Yeah, I mean the SNL skits are kind of fun, amusing, but they've not been able to like take it to the next meta level where they could actually create like ingenious content that makes fun of Trump. It's just in there. You got to make fun of his hair and his fucking tan and, and whatever else, and that's all you got. You got yeah. the, you got the imitations, and they have not been able to make like an- they've not been able to make Planned Parenthood. Defunding Planned parent into a funny association viral video
1: no and and, and but god they 're doing a a bad job Because it, it, it 's always this double standard, like my buddy I was talking to him, and it, the other day he like uh was trying to get late and he found found this chick that he hadn 't talked to in a while and and she 's like, Well, come pick me up, and then they fucked they immediately fucked and uh and then she said uh, he goes well i 'm going to take you home now and she said what, you're not even going to buy me dinner? And uh,
0: he Ooh, was, yeah. he,
1: he's thinking like, yeah, he's telling me the story. Like, yeah, she had a good point. I did fuck her. I mean, it's kind of rude to not buy her dinner. I go, wait, so if you're both equal and you had consensual sex here. Why do you owe her something? Yes. Right? Well, so why you, do we owe you something for fucking
0: it, you? I think it's worth it. If you get that Applebee's special we talked about, the two for 20, <laughs> I think it's worth it not to have to think like you, you did anything wrong. Because guys always feel, not you, I'm not talking about you, I'm talking about normal guys. Guys always feel a little bit guilty for hookups like that. Uh-huh. They always feel, because it's just natural for guys to feel like they're the dominant one, like it was their, they, you know, their decision. And they always feel like perhaps just taking off, you know, that whole like dipping out of the uh, post, post-sex cuddling kind of makes you a, a jackass. Because mm-hmm. you remember some lecture your mom gave you when you were 12 about being nice to girls. So I think that two for 20 Applebee's buys you out of that guilt. <laughs> so it's not a bad. It's not a, if you can. it's got to be a quick restaurant, though. You don't want to sit there with her for two hours.
1: No, and it's, it's got to be pretty affordable, too. It's it. got to
0: be affordable, yet not fast food, not fast food. So that's why I'm telling you, Applebee's, two for 20, man. That solves all, so many fucking issues. <laughs> yeah, and by the way, they move you in and out there like in 30 minutes. <laughs> that shit is, sure. is like, it's just all microwave. They get you, if you ever been in Applebee's or places like Chili's, they move you in and out of there so fast. They got the drinks. They go, ready for your order. Your food is out, like, in 30 well, seconds. Well, especially
1: when they see that coupon coming out when yes. you sit down because they're like, fuck, yes. there's no tip, and they're drinking waters. Yes.
0: And-, and by the way, the waiter always has to have that moment or waitress when they don't know what the coupon is, even though every single person in the entire restaurant eating on a coupon. <laughs> they have to, like, just embarrass you to, like, that one second of embarrassment. Like, you have a Oh, is that a coupon <laughs> for, like... Yeah, dude, it's your 600th of the day. I know what the fuck you know what I'm talking yeah. about. That's why I am at Chili's. As if we
1: couldn't tell by looking at you that you are here for the two for 20. <laughs> right.
0: uh, Matt, you have something you wish to pimp
1: and promote on the show this week? Uh, MattRalston.net, uh, which I have some new stuff up, uh, which is good and uh, better than other shit. I've seen people write recently. And Twitter, at Matthew Ralston. Brian, if you're
0: recording this, you wish to say something... Oh, there's the switch. By um, other people, I, I meant all on. the
1: ESPN writers is what I meant, by that wasn't a dig at anyone outside of uh, the people that worked for ESPN. Sorry, Brian. Oh, <laughs>
0: that's cool. What was the question?
1: Um, do, you,
0: do you have something? Are you? Are you, are you are oh, you?
1: I guess I'm playing at Bar One again this month on April 20th. Okay. Uh, they're doing El Segundo Tap Takeover. I guess it's a brewery in town that nice. are going to be having their beer
0: exclusively poured that night. And how it is also your, happens um, to be 420, so I guess I'll be playing some nice. uh, I, I reggae ask, tunes for the occasion. Since you mentioned 420, I was going to ask you how your tour of uh, elementary schools is going on the dangers of uh, long-term uh, marijuana use.
1: Uh, the <laughs> science is still out. We're scaring, working on it.
0: Are you scaring the children appropriately? <laughs> I want to thank Rocco's and Studio City. <laughs> you were fantastic, Rocco's crowd. That Once again, fun. Rocco's and Studio City. Hey, Matt. We got one. We got one minute left. We do. Rocco's the the <laughs> City. The best. Stepping, stepping on my on my drop. Uh, the best place for beers. It's very casual atmosphere here. Come to Rocco's. This is Lex. Last minute. Talk to you next week.